This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And there is a disclaimer for this episode. This disclaimer is that I am still huddled in the closet in my mom's house. I have a completely different setup. So if we sound funny, that might be the reason. The other reason might be is because we are using a different platform to record this episode. And that is because we have in Akafe first, a very special guest. We'd like to welcome for our today's episode, Kaven, who some of our followers might know from Book Talk as Kaven underscore books. She has graciously, we've kind of been all talking and obviously love all the same things we love. And we love grown women on Book Talk. We love grown women on TikTok, having opinions and having respectful conversations. So here we'd love to welcome Kaven. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. Honestly, I love you guys. No, we're very uh, we excited to have you. you. <laughs> Thanks for like joining us and reaching out and making this an actual thing. Yeah, of course. As soon as you asked, I got super excited. I'm like, I don't know why you guys want to talk to me, but I'll take it. I'll be there. We were very excited. We were fangirling. I mean, I mean, it sounds uh, it sounds weird. Like, how do you, how do you fangirl over this person that you feel like you're friends with, who's just kind of sharing her life um, with all of us that shares the same opinions? So. Um, and right. I, I fangirl over you too. So it's totally okay. I will never not fangirl over people on book talk. You know, if I love them, I'm going to fangirl. So I was excited when you asked me to be a part of this. I love you guys. Oh, um, that's, that's wonderful. Um, so I, I will have a question just to kind of get everything going. So how did you start making content on TikTok? Did you start out on Instagram or did you jump to TikTok? What's the story there? No, I'm actually not savvy with social media at all. Um, what happened was in 2019, a friend of mine suggested that we read Shadow and Bone. And I haven't read YA in, I don't know, like 10 years. So we did it. And I just got so caught up in like the nostalgia and like the fun and the opinions and the, oh, I hate Mal and love, whatever. And so after that, we decided to go to A Court of Thorns and Roses. And so I read that and obviously I had a lot of opinions (laughs) and I remember I joined TikTok in 2020, probably in the summer of 2020 um, as an adult who had no idea what I was doing on the app. And I remember just making this one silly video about how like I wasn't excited that Nesta was getting a book. I had no idea how hashtags worked. I had no idea that there was such thing as book talk. And I woke up with like 500 likes and I was like, whoa, what's happening? And so I just kept going and I was like, well, 
I'm here. <laughs> That's fantastic. Were you an observer on TikTok initially? Like you just kind of stayed, like lurked in the shadows, watched everything, or were you always creating content prior to that? No, I was definitely an observer, but I did not know that book talk existed. So I was just like on the homepage, on the for you page, I guess, um, looking at cats and whatever TikTok <laughs> showed me until I understood the algorithm. And then finally I found book talk and I was like, okay, I'm home. I found my place. I found my people. Um, but up until then I wasn't doing anything. I mean, for me, it was like, well, I shouldn't post anything because I had a stigma of I'm older. So who wants to watch a 30 year old <laughs> make stupid videos? But then I was like, oh, who cares? Like who, like it's fun for me. I work all the time. I love reading books. So I'm going to do it. And it worked out. And once you <laughs> get over that, who gives a fuck attitude? It, it's just exactly. like, you know what? And if you follow me, for, if you're a coworker who follows me, whoops, that's on you. <laughs> like Exactly. I'm like, well, if someone that I work with or that, you know, someone that I'm in the workplace with, <laughs> my video, I like books. What are you, you going to do? <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't, I haven't ran into that problem yet. So, and if they have watched it, they're probably doing me a favor and not telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I would die. I would die. Um, <laughs> so something else that we were interested in is, do you feel the pressure to create content? Uh, if you haven't put a video out for you know a day or a couple of days, do you start to, to feel a certain way about it? And if so, how do you handle that? So I don't, I don't think I necessarily feel pressure to put content out there. Um, but I have noticed like comments on my videos where it's like, oh, I'm constantly looking at your page to see if you posted today or it's been a couple days, Kaven, are you all right? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just working. Um, but I don't feel pressure. Usually I don't have like a game plan at all. Whenever I am posting videos, I just start recording myself. And if I chuckle at what I record, I post it. And if I don't, I delete it and put it into the cursed memory section of my brain. Um, <laughs> So that's just kind of how it works. I feel like, and I feel like there's a little bit of liberation maybe because I'm older that I don't really care um, about the uh, consistency or the aesthetic or the whatever. I mean, if you watch my videos, I'm always just rolled out of bed. <laughs> there's not a lot of thought in my costume or in what's going on. So I don't really feel like I pressure. I just feel like hey, if this makes someone else other than me laugh, then it's worth posting. And if I can't think of anything, deal with it. <laughs> I'll post when I can. <laughs> have you felt, have you always been an entertainer, if you will? Like, have you always been involved with whether, not necessarily cosplaying, obviously, because it's just like a personality, <laughs> um, but I, either acting or just kind of making people laugh, class clown of it all? Yes. In my mind, I think that I've always been an entertainer <laughs> because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, oh, and you know, uh, the in school you get voted like most witty and stuff. So I think maybe, but I think it's more of just a because um, if you ever get on like my lives or on the comment sections of my videos, people are funnier than I am. It's it's I think it's more about not being afraid to just put yourself out there and look dumb. There's a you vulnerability know? there, I guess, you know, with, with, yeah. where I think, especially 
um, you know, whether you're crying or like these true reactions, specifically Correct. with being inundated the last couple of weeks with Akasif with the, the initial reactions, everyone's just kind of being like, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Or they are, you're going there. You're, you know, we're yeah. all there to not judge each other or judge each other collectively in a positive way. Like hype each other up. What Correct. else is there to do? Yes. And there's such a, um, like a unspoken bond, I feel, but even though sometimes book talk goes into a little bit of a civil war, um, I feel like there's just something that readers understand with each other, because especially whenever there's a popular book, like a uh, court of silver flames coming out that we're all experiencing something together, whether or not we get the same outlook from it or uh, perception of it, it's, it's still, we're, we're going on a journey together. And so I think, I don't know that I would consider myself an entertainer, but I'm willing to let people see my journey or how I relate to the characters or how I see the characters. You know, that makes me an entertainer. Then I'll take it. Do you feel that, you know, I guess you said in 2019, you did all of Akatar and here we are in 2021. Um, Obviously social media, and just like the internet landscape has changed. Do you feel like your reading experience has changed as well going into this book? Um, your takeaways? Because now there is a community that might have been just Tumblr or quote unquote bookstagram, which I just became familiar with recently. Um, Laura, right. I know I feel like you had some a different experience because you've been kind of following live along this whole time. Cause I asked you, I said, how have you been kind of dealing with reading um, prior to book talk really? Well, a, a lot has changed because when I started this, obviously there, there wasn't the, the, all these different platforms that I could share on, but also there were a lot of people that I could talk to it about. And of course, all of the drama that we know that went down over Silver Flames uh, really kind of showed me the positives and the negatives of like what it used to be and what it is now. And I don't know, it was uh, it was a very eye opening experience, but um, very interesting as well. Um, for me, it was it's different because I feel like. I never expected to have any followers, like I said before. But for me, I feel like um, people are paying attention to what I'm saying. And for like back when we were in high school or in middle school, it was just you liked characters or you didn't. And it was that was just it. And it didn't really matter. Um, I think whenever Twilight came out, that kind of changed a little bit. And I don't think that the younger generation would have survived uh, the Twilight era because it was very much, you know, Jacob or Edward, and it was a war. Um, but I think what social media or book talk, I guess, because that's the only place I'm really um, on, <laughs> it's more, it's it's kind of scary. It's kind of um, a daunting thing and experience to put your opinion out there, especially whenever people get so uh offended by you not liking a character or if you like a character i mean they're like they take it personally and i get scared sometimes honestly like not scared of like their opinion i'm you know the power of the internet is a scary place and so i feel like in that respect it's changed like i could in high school go around and be like nesta's a bitch and everybody would be like okay now, if i say that it's a war it's really a war and i'm like oh what what what's going on you guys are y'all okay 
And a scary war at that because I had, um, Laura was the one, she goes, you know, before leading into um, Akasif, she goes, you know, I'm really nervous. And I go, why are you nervous? And she goes, the internet is going to be brutal. People are going to go start attacking. So I I took a step back from TikTok that week because I knew I wanted to finish Silver Mm -hmm. Flames. I didn't want to be spoiled. I know some people were going to put out their opinions. Some people weren't. Um, But then to come back on, she goes, no, there's been death death threats. Who has heard of death threats over characters in a book like it's it's crazy because they i i thought the death and i don't know i i didn't really look too far into that uh but i thought it was because people were buying sarah jane moss books and that she's a problematic author and i just think you know i'm I believe that there needs to be more diversity in books and it needs to be more inclusive but i think if the people that were getting on there illegally downloading her books which is harmful to the entire book community, not just Sarah, um, to the people that illegally download and read it just to rant on how problematic it is. I feel like if that energy was only put towards promoting diverse authors and diverse stories, leave Sarah alone. Just never mention her name again, because if you put the hashtag or talk about it on book talk, that's just getting her views. So I'm not really sure what the end goal is here, but, um, I feel like if you really feel that strongly about it, just promote diverse. Show me books to read. I'll read them. I would love to. But whenever it's just people getting uh, personal and and sending out death threats because someone likes an author. Um, <laughs> yikes. And it's counterproductive, right? I mean, I would think so. Not that I understand people want to educate others saying like this particular author is quote unquote problematic. But like right. you said, if you're only focusing on the one, well, why aren't we shining a light to the people who aren't? Correct. Give all the energy to them. You know, give all the energy to them. Just show them. Tell us how good the books are. Review it. I Then I would probably follow all these people. Honestly, if it wasn't just a bash fest, I would be like, all right, let's see some new authors. I love it. But no, it is what it is. And it is a crazy thing. Um, right. I think that's a good transition into actually like your thoughts, Kaven, about everything. Um, so tell us, like, have you finished the book? How are you feeling? Has your opinion changed? Okay, so I have finished the book. Yay. Um, yes, I finished it a couple days ago. I'm just posting my reviews like one day at a time, though. Um, I have made a full like synopsis review of the book um, as well that I plan on posting, but I like a Google doc. (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, Link in the bio. (laughs) Uh, So I gave the book two out of five stars. Um, I also realized that this is a book not written for me. I am part of the um, 0.1% of people on book talk that never related to Nesta. So Nesta wasn't a character written for me. I'm not going to, share her thoughts and her process of going through things. So it's not going to reach me like it does to other people. Um, I think that there was a lot of issues with the book. Um, First being, I did not feel that there was any accountability at all, which bothered the living shit out of me. (laughs) I felt like there was a lot of admission of fault in Nesta's brain, but not verbally to people that she faulted which I'm not into. 
I thought some of the advice given in the book was um, painful to read because it was so counterproductive to someone who's healing. And then my biggest qualm with the issue, believe it or not, was the spice scenes. Um, I enjoyed the spice scenes on their own, separate from the story, but they made no sense to me. And this is why. Everyone in the inner circle is aware that Nesta uses sex to distract herself from her pain. None know this more than Cassian. He literally goes and gets her and there's a stranger crawling out of her window and he even makes comments on it. So why he agrees to this just sex agreement, I I, I had to put down the book and I'm like, Cassian, what the fuck are you doing? What I mean, are you hot? Yes, that is not the question. <laughs> but who put this man in charge? This is wrong. Asriel, do something. <laughs> I didn't get it. I was like, what is going on? But and so I thought you know, we got the beginning of Nesta's healing and a lot of unnecessary sex. And that's how I felt about it. So two out of five stars. Hmm. I feel like, no, I'm, I'm loving this because, um, I, Laura and I had released our Akasif like initial reactions episode literally day after we finished and we're just like, okay, let's, let's just go into it uncensored where agreeing completely with Laura because Laura and you seem to have very similar thoughts similar and. And, and I'm like, you're, you're not wrong, but why do I feel like I, I've related? And I've said from like uh, earlier podcast episodes, I was like, I feel like I relate to Nesta. I don't want to. I think she's a piece of shit, but that's my own shit that I got to work out with because I have my own, sh- like, I'm a piece of shit. So, um, so, but there was nothing wrong. I, I agree with everything that you were saying. And I would just, Laura would bring such, uh, such, conscientious thoughts and to be able to step away it's a couple weeks later i'm not i'm like <laughs> not on the akasif high anymore um you're right she and you know i think we get um skewed and if in thinking if nesta had these internal thoughts in she felt we're seeing on paper her internal monologue so we think yes she has <laughs> accountability but to what you said, that's great that she's had internal accountability. She hasn't physically gone out to Correct. anybody in the inner circle, with the exception of Amran, who she literally knelt for forgiveness. Um, <laughs> the dramatics of it all. Yeah, that was very strange for me. <laughs> and not in character for Nesta, um, in my opinion. But she hasn't. she hasn't really had any accountability even i mean maybe a little bit with with cass i I don't know i do i do think that cass is just he was very much it reminded me of reese and the the inn where he was just going to take anything from Feyre, no matter in what in what regard um and cassian was like he's like you want to do just sex if that's all i can get from her then like that's what i'm i'm gonna get from her but (laughs) but that's that's it. Laura, you, I feel like. Yeah. Laura, what do you think? Oh. Um, I, I agree with you completely. I agree that this book was not written for me. I'm sure it will change someone's life. It's not going to change mine. Um, I, I got really frustrated with Nesta because every time I was like, okay, finally, this is a choice. She can finally choose the right thing and we can be done mm-hmm. with this and we can go to the plot because what is the plot? But we every, still don't know. 
Every time. If someone wants to explain that to me later, that would be great. Yeah. What the plot was. What was the plot? Every time she could choose the right thing and move everybody along, she chooses the wrong thing. And not only is it the wrong thing, it's like the crappy thing. So I, <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. And, and then uh, I, I think the inner circle was more or less in character. Um, those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Okay, well, so because I feel like I'm kind of the page that's known for not being a Nesta fan, um, it's important for me to disclose, I don't hate her as much. And I think that that's what we could have just hoped for, for me. Um, I don't think that I was ever going to come out of this book loving Nesta uh, regardless, because her personality is not for me. Um, It's not so much about what she does. It's kind of how she acts and how she thinks. I'm like, ugh, like you were saying, every time she had the chance, uh, she would take the spiteful road or she would take the self-loathing, oh, woe is me road. And it's like, all right, it's time to grow up, girly. But um, this is this is what I think about Nesta as a character. And this is all opinion-based, obviously, because she's fake. <laughs> so um, I think that she reads as a character who thinks that, um, the world revolves around her pain and her pain alone. And she sets out these little eggshells. And if anybody dare not tread lightly, they're now the bad guy. And I think that that's not a good message to send people because that's basically saying like, you can be objectively horrible if you're sad. And if anyone gets fed up and is mean to you back, they're problematic. They're responsible. They're mean. Amron's a bitch. Reese is a dick everyone's the problem except you. And I'm like, no, (laughs) this is not how this works. I also feel like um, Nesta is afforded the most grace by readers and by the characters in the book. Um, Like what you said, uh, there was not a lot of her choosing to do the right thing. And when she did choose the bare minimum, everyone, reader and characters alike, were like, yay, Nesta, you did it. And it's like, can we not coddle her for a second? Can we... Tell her, yeah, you should have done this already. We're in a war. Let's go. Let's move. Um, and thirdly, I feel, gosh, I feel like I'm just roasting her, but um, I feel like she, oh, I don't really know how to put this. It's, I, I just don't feel like the right message is put out there sometimes because I know that everyone is viewing Nesta in a real life lens. I feel like the readers in book talk especially have tried to siphon out every ounce of fantasy that this book and this series has. And now we're just comparing it only to real life things. We're only comparing it to real people. We're only comparing it to real problems. And if it's not a fantasy book, it's really just a book about an addict who needed help, Mm -hmm. which I'm reading fantasy, not Not. for that. So she's walking around with death at her fingers She's drinking herself to death. She's on the edge. She's shown time and time again that she doesn't give a fuck about authority. And Reese is scared of this power. So when they go to intervene her, it's Feyre's doing it out of love. Like Nesta, oh my gosh, I love you. You need help. Reesand is doing it out of love for Feyre, but also because there's a woman with death magic roaming his court that does not give a shit about authority. So to me, I'm like, that's the fantasy of it, you guys. And you can't rob the fantasy from this fantasy book. It's fantasy. (laughs) 
Anyways, so when we only look at things from a lens of real life and a scope of real life, that's whenever I have to kind of step back and let book talk do their thing and be like, okay, anyways, uh, Nestle got dropped into a magic pot. (laughs) You're not supposed to relate this hard to her. Um, But I think it's okay to take elements of the book and relate to it. I just hate that we try to drain fantasy out of fantasy books. I don't want to read nonfiction. (laughs) Um, I have a two-part question to like, not even a two-part question, two separate questions for that comment. Sure. Um, in regards to what, how you said, like, we have, there's a lot of people who afford, who are affording um, Nesta that grace. But mm-hmm. why? Why do we think that is, is my first question. And two, I think that that's everything that was said can spiral into this whole other conversation of has, does, has nobody understood or been taught in their health courses about the importance of intervention and what that means? Correct. Um, Why I think she's afforded so much grace, I'm not entirely sure. I think that's probably a layered question that um, I don't know that I want to dig into because I'm, you know, I don't read fantasy to go to work. And I feel like I do that enough at work anyways. Um, I feel like there is a correlation with the youth because most of the youth like loves Nesta. And And it kind of makes sense to me because Nesta does come off very adolescent and very like, you know, oh, no one understands me type of deal. And I was that way when I was young. So I'm not even going to sit here and act like I wasn't a little brat whenever I was younger at times too. But I'm not really sure why she's afforded grace. By the characters in the book, I feel like she's afforded grace because Nesta would not have a place in the story if she wasn't afforded that much grace. They would just be like, get out of here, little annoying brat, like go away. Um, but I think that Sarah probably saw the um, outpour of people who related to Nesta and was like, well, I'm going to write a book on this. I mean, I would. But uh, so I, I couldn't answer that question. I think that there's a lot of mental, uh, it's mental gymnastics at that point, And we could, I, I think it's because people hold her specifically Nesta under the lens of real life for whatever reason. Um, and then the second part of the question, or what was the second question? I'm sorry. Oh, it was just about how we're seeing the inner circle and everybody was, I mean, even just let's talk about the first six chapters alone yeah. where book talk yeah. melted. I hate the inner circle. Reese is the worst. And, and I feel like a lot of us were just like, have, have you not read the first 3.5 books? This is the same exact inner circle. This is... I, People are acting like interventions are bad. Rehab is bad. Yeah. Oh, and then I, I think I heard some comments were like, oh, it's not that they had this conversation with Nesta, but there was the comparison of putting her in the house of wind was similar to Tamlin locking Feyre up in the spring court. And I'm just thinking, has anybody Absolutely. ever heard of state mandated <laughs> inter, you know, rehabs? Did nobody watch Sandra Bullock in 28 days where she had to keep extending her rehab? <laughs> Stay. I'm just so <laughs> Now, I, again, this is how I feel about the Akatar series in general. I feel like I read different books than the majority <laughs> of book time. I must. I must because I caved. The first six chapters like got leaked or something. I don't know. And everyone was, oh, the inner circle. She told y'all they're terrible. So I'm like, obviously they've committed genocide and I need to go read immediately so I did and I remember just cackling I was like 
there is no way this is what everyone's so pressed about. There's, I'm reading a different book. I have to, um, because they're doing a, like I said before, she, it's not real life. It's fantasy. And she has death magic. Um, and she doesn't know how to control it. She doesn't know what it is. No one does. And it's in Resan's court. And he's scared of it. And she hates Resan. So Resan at that point could arrest her or throw her out. And I would have felt that it was justified. That's his court. So anyways. Um, and then two, I, um, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of comments. And, I'm, and I don't want to like make anyone feel like their opinion is not valid. But... It was like her having to choose between the mortal realms and the house of wind was traumatizing and her boundaries and this and that. And I'm just like, who gives a shit about Nesta? When did we all collectively decide that this universe revolves around this one character? Like, I don't understand if everyone else is seeing a problem in one person. And the one person is like, what are you talking about? I think that we have to look at the common denominator, which was Nesta, and and try to use level heads and go, well, she has objectively been horrendous to Farah, to the inner circle, to Cassian, even though she was in love with him since they met. <laughs> um, and she is she's literally drinking herself to death. If that's not a cry for help, I don't know what is. And whenever they were given the, I was like, they were nice enough to even give her options. If it was my court, I would have been like, I don't care where you go. Just go away. (laughs) So you're not going to roam around with creepy magic and not respect the people who have provided for you and are letting you live here. So. And it's interesting because I feel with Nesta to like, to go back to our earlier conversations, it's just people are relating her to real life. And here we are trying to read this fantasy. But even if you want to equate it to real life, everything, all her choices are a form of escapism. The drinking is a yeah. form of escapism. The sex is a form of escapism. I get that everybody has their own ways of processing things. However, you can't like it's 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 so where are people separating it? And then if you're picking and choosing what you want to give her allowances. I don't know if I'm right in saying that. And of course there, uh, there's different ways to cope, but there are unhealthy ways to cope and it doesn't need to be praised or validated. And I, I got this a lot like early on in my channel, whenever people were like, Oh, well you just, you can't, you know, compare people's coping mechanisms. Yes, you can. It's called peer review. And two, um, I'm not telling, I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve like some kind of empathy from the trauma she's going through. But that, if I, again, she's not real life, but if we're holding it to the lens of real life, that's called enabling. So if the inner circle didn't do anything, what, what was the end goal here? We just let her for 500 years drink herself to death and have sex with strangers, which she's obviously not happy about. Like if she was loving her life and was having a hot girl summer, listen, I was a little hoe. I'm for it. I'm like, yes, queen, go, go have sex with all the hot fae you can. I'm with it. Um, obviously I like a good drink, but it was, she was spiraling. She was spiraling in an un, and she always had an unhealthy way of coping. Um, but it was, uh, amplified after the war and after more PTSD and whatever else it was. Um, so she, she pushed away people that loved her and, and were trying to help. And at some point we have to be honest 
and say, if you push people away, it's not their fault when they leave. It's, they're not bad people if you keep pushing and they leave. Which is, uh, Laura, I know we've talked about this on the Akasif Reaction episode. Um, with Amarin specifically, everybody's giving Amarin crap, but she's the first one who said, I've been enabling you for two years. Like, I was the one who was defending you this whole time. Yet she also says, despite, you know, like the enabling, she still tell. you know, I know, Kaven, you had just said, um, at some point, people are going to be like, you know what? I'm not, I'm wiping my hands of it. Yet, Amron will go ahead and tell Cassian, um, we'll keep reaching out your hand. And I know, Laura, you said like mm-hmm. that was a big frustration because you're like, how many times can you keep reaching out your hand to somebody? Correct. Yeah. And also, um, just, just another comment on the timeline. So she, she's been doing this for like two years straight, we think. Yeah, I think More it's than about that. two years ish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we kind of like brush over it and everything, but like two years is a hell of a long time to be in a downward spiral. So I don't know, like what she expected. I part of me feels like Nesta knew that she was pushing the envelope a little bit when she kind of speaks internally about like maybe it was the really long bill that pissed everybody off. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, that's a cry for help. Like, I think that that was also a big part of it. But like, that is a really long time for people to put up with bad behavior. So. Correct. Uh, and, and I see a lot of a uh, comparison of, well, Cassian said that he uh, took 10 years or something to get over the trauma of him going and ransacking a village or whatever it was. Um, and to which I would say, yes. And that wasn't good. They should have stopped him. They should have been like, grow up Cassian. Like, it's time to get out of this. So I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me because what I do for a living. But um, And it's hard for me to also not go there and, and keep it fantasy as it should be. Um, because it's like, well, just because someone else was terrible at coping doesn't mean we should encourage the next person to be. Nesta needs help. And to bring this up again, um, Cassian didn't have death magic. He didn't have some uncontrolled magic. And he also gave a shit about Rhysand and Asriel and Rhysand's command. Um, so Nesta didn't. And I think that there's a, um, a difference there. And it's not because Nesta's a girl and it's not because Nesta's this or that or because I just don't understand her. Because by the way, I didn't learn one single thing that I didn't already know about Nesta. So I'm not sure if I was supposed to, but I kind of figured everything are out beforehand. Um, but I just think whenever people use that as the excuse, it's like, but that wasn't right of Cassian either. So, and we don't know how people reacted to him doing that because this isn't his story. So I don't know. I just think, again, it's a lot of everybody's going through pain in the book, but look this way because look at Nesta. Like that's the only one that matters. And I just kind of was over it before it started. (laughs) Well, that is a really good way to kind of um, touch on the next topic, which is Azrael, and we know uh, how you feel about Azrael, but how baby. <laughs> do you still, I, I love him too very much. Um, do you still love him as much now that you have? Uh, oh, I, I am way more in love with Azrael. Yeah. I just, 
he really was the king of the story. <laughs> Every time he was on page, I was like, this man is my life. <laughs> um, I, I also read the the bonus chapter. I'm again, I guess I read a different chapter than everyone else <laughs> yes. because I'm not sure what the hell everyone's problem is. Leave my man alone. Um, yeah, I, I think that he was, I think he could have been a better chaperone. But other than that, I'm not going to blame him. You know what? They're all adults. Cassie and Nesta can take care of themselves. Asriel kind of did the best he could with what he got. I mean, we know. Oh, poor, poor Asriel. He heard everything. I know. He needs to get his own apartment. (laughs) They have enough money. (laughs) You know, he heard everything. He kind of casually, you know, whether it was the dining room scene, he would just kind of like scuff his feet along like, hey, I'm I'm here, you guys. You know that um, that like killed him too to make noise. You know, having to really make noise. He was just like, I hate this. I hate this so much. And Cassian's even like, dude, like I was about he goes, I know I you were about to. That's why I did something. That's I mean, I also need buddy. to eat. Like <laughs> I'm trying to oh, have dinner. Andrew. Thanks, bro. <laughs> no, I, I love Azrael. I I will absolutely riot if the next book is not an Asriel book. It uh, can't first of all, be. I paid my dues. Okay, it, I paid my dues. I read a Nesta book. Okay, <laughs> where I I did my beautiful job, and it's my turn. Everybody got their Nesta now. Give me my Asriel. Oh, and I and I hope the next book isn't like this. Oh, it's split three ways of like as Elaine Gwent. No, it needs to be as. If Elaine gets anything, maybe she gets a, maybe she gets a novella. Like we need us. Right. I'm so, I don't know anybody that's interested in reading an Elaine book. I really don't. I'm already falling asleep thinking about it. Honestly. I mean, so was Reese. He, Feyre goes in the extra face and chapter. I don't know if you read that. Mm-hmm. Feyre's like, oh, are you calling my sister boring? And he's like, well, boring. I didn't say that. But if you're saying that. I literally forget that she exists when she's not on page. It's my favorite she- thing about your TikToks. I think you had a recent one you did this week where you did the pyramid of where everybody ranks in the courts. And everybody's always like, <laughs> Elaine who? Yeah, who is that? Who is she? Like, really, who is she? So, I don't know. Even Nesta said that her only purpose in life was to plant gardens. And I'm like... Which, I mean, I I love book talk saying, what was your contribution when your family was poor? You're all about flowers. Flowers aren't going to feed you. It seems like the obvious choice would be, like, food. Plant food. I mean, even plant rosemary. Do something. I don't... Listen... Elaine is just such a, I get a headache even. Nesta is like a bitch. So at least there's something to talk about there. Elaine is, I, I just, it's like a wet napkin. What, what does she contribute to the story? <laughs> Nothing. Except rage in me. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, what are some of your theories going forward? Oh, I don't have any. I... Listen, I have hopes and dreams and nightmares, mm-hmm. no theories. My nightmare would be that Azriel and Elaine get together. If that happens, I will never speak of this series again. I will delete my page, start over, become a nomad, I don't know, <laughs> travel the countryside, staring off into the distance. 
wondering what could have been. Um, my dream and my hope is that, you know, Gwen and Azrael get together. Um, that's the first character that's ever been introduced in the book that I would even consider uh, with Azrael. And I think that the way his shadows react to her is just the cutest thing in the whole world. And I don't want his shadows to go away. And I don't want him to be like this light, like <laughs> guy. Cause he's not, he's dark and ominous and he's got some past shit and shadows that are a part of him. And I want him to be embraced and sing and play. Oh God. Okay. I love Gwen so much. Gwen and Asriel. That's my dream. I, I also want an evil Elaine because I feel like that's the only thing that would even make me slightly interested in Elaine. Uh, and I think that, I think uh, Slim Jim Joe had a, a theory that was just like so chef's kiss about how Elaine is like feeding information to Grayson and and playing our boy Asriel. Because if you can play one of the highest up in the night court, the spy master, um, then you're a pretty good villain, which would be out of character for Elaine. But I could see it. Or is it out of character from what we know? Because Correct. I know you haven't read Throne of Glass um, mm-hmm. or Crescent City. And I, even now, and Laura, correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like you're our Sarah J. Mass expert. Sarah t- sometimes writes where there will be everything's really predictable. And then there's one thing where you think she's going to zig and then she's zags. So we don't know. We really, we really don't know. I feel right. like we're all like super oh, fresh. Um, do you see her if she is, do you see her as evil Elaine? Like she's been evil Elaine this whole time. Do you think she's go- she's going to be evil Elaine? And then she turns good. Cause there's so many theories between like even her and Lucian, like Lucian takes over the spring court. And so we just never have to hear of Tamlin written into anything ever again. <laughs> Poor Damlin is just a dog walking around. Um, like everyone else is coping with their trauma, and Tamlin's over here just like, grr. I'm like, okay, Tam. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, so I think that uh, Elaine's always been evil, but not in terms of villain, just um, a little person who does nothing to contribute. So that's pretty evil to me. Uh, but I think that she actually resents being a fae more than Nesta even did. Uh, because Nesta just felt like she didn't belong anywhere. So she didn't really necessarily like being a mortal or a fae until she learned to like love herself. Uh, Elaine had things going for her in the mortal realm. And Grayson, and, and obviously we know that the mortals hate the fae. And none more than Grayson. So I think whenever Elaine became a fae, not only was she super resentful, then she was claimed by a fae. So not only was she taken away from the man she loved, now it's like, and you're destined to be with a fae. Um, so I think that she always kind of had like a little maniacal thought process going on of like, bet, like, uh, take this away from me, I dare you. Um, and I think that it would be the smartest thing for Sarah J. Moss to do is to make her evil because it it would make sense with her character, kind of just being like laze and kind of over there, not really paying attention and rejecting the bond and this and that. If she was playing, you know, double agent, then it would make sense. And I would like that. And I'd be like, okay, Elaine, touche. But 
I, I just, if she writes her with Asriel, I am just going to lose my mind. It's interesting you bring up, you, rem, you bring up the reminder of, yes, she was, she, she has, the, she, she was the one who lost out on everything the most. And also right. that Lucian is staying on the, like Lucian, Vasa, and Jurian are all staying on the property that the, her fiance, her ex fiance was essentially like bequeathed them and said, Hey, you guys can stay here. So yeah. there's still a connection with her ex fiance and her fae mate. Correct. Which is weird, but. Whatever. All I know is that Lucian deserves better. Lucian has been handed the most L's in this series. And a lot of people say that he's useless. No, Lucian is a sleeper. Lucian has connections to the Autumn Court, to the Day Court, knowingly or not, to the Mortal Realms, to the Spring Court, to the Night Court. I mean, when you look at it politically, Lucian's in the top spot. And I think Rhysand knows that, which comes into play in Azriel's chapter of why he's like, uh, you're not going to piss this guy off. Like He doesn't know it, but he's like one of our most powerful allies in terms of political ties. So Lucian's amazing, and I think he deserves more. Elaine should be evil, Asriel, and Gwyn. That's it. <laughs> Anything else is unacceptable for me. <laughs> Those are all pretty excellent. Um, if you had to choose your top five, a favorite and top five least favorite moments of Silver Flames. What oh, uh, what would those be? Or I guess as many okay, as not, you can think of. Doesn't have to be five. Sure. Uh, top five favorite was um, Amarin going completely off on Nesta. I enjoyed that. I know everybody else thought she was a bitch, but I'm like, I've been waiting for someone to do it. Um, also, Nesta broke into her house. So, <laughs> anyways. Amarin doing that, I thought. Um, you know, I thought the Kelpie scene was super cool. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the fan art that people have yes. been bringing up? It's been beautiful. It, it's insane. I'm like, see, why didn't we get more of that in this book? But I digress. Um, I liked. <laughs> There's something else. Uh, <laughs> let me think. I like the House of Wind. Hey, I, yeah. I mean, we love the house. We thought the house was pretty cool. Um, and I liked. Oh, you know, oh, I thought that Nesta was funny. I really did. I mean, I don't have to like her. I thought that she had some some good bazingas. And then I liked everything that Azriel did. Oh, my favorite part was at the um, whenever Nesta and Cassian cuddled for the first time. I oh. love that. I don't know why. There, it was weird for me. I was like, why am I so happy? It felt out of character for me, to say the least. Um, my least favorite parts were um, the the rest of the book. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> chapters one through six were almost impossible for me to get through. And I thought, if this is going to be how the rest of the book is, I'm not going to make it. Um, I didn't like how the women were so good, like how they won the right. I That didn't make sense to me. Um, again, I think it was just given to them. Um, Amgaya didn't like the advice that was given to Nesta by people. I thought it was more enabling than it was advice, but whatever. These people aren't professional. Did you like learning about Cassian's like secret sexy bedroom side? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the whole time I was picturing him in these tight leather pants and I'm like, this is awakening something that's just been dormant inside of me. Waiting. 
And I, like I said, outside of the story, it those spice scenes were something else. <laughs> Cassie, it's hot as shit. I'm like, boy, you better stop. Ness is hot as shit. I'm like, okay, Missy, like, what the hell? Anyways, but yes, I, don't, I love you. Do you, did Ness know what, she, I mean, she obviously was always attracted to him and was always in love with him since day one, but I don't think she realized what she was signing up for. No, I don't <laughs> think so either. I don't think any of us I I wasn't. I seriously got embarrassed. Like, I'm a 30-year-old woman, and I was looking around my house like, is someone, can someone see me reading this? You shouldn't be doing this right now. I, my husband read the chapter, uh, he read chapter 26 and 41, and he was freaking, he had to get up and walk around. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know. This was not like the other books, I'll tell you that much. Laura, but- you have a similar story with with your husband too he made you you're like you can't Ooh. he could he, he was like i, I have you have to put headphones on or so you have the details yeah he, he was like he was like laura please put headphones on i don't need this level of description it was the dinner table <laughs> scene he was like i don't need this in my life right now <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a lot and i felt like it was just happening all the time and I'm just like, this book is just about horny people. Uh, we're not going to survive an Asriel book. Well, I'm not going to survive. I'll speak for myself. And then it's it's twofold because we already know what she's like. Asriel's a freaking bed. We already know he has the biggest, like, Asriel has a lot to live up to. And at the same time, we're like, are, are we are we ready for Asriel's book? Do we want Re- Asriel's right. book? I mean, obviously we want Asriel's book. Right. And obviously we want it with Gwyn. <laughs> we, we, we have to do the thing that everybody does when you're uh, trying to figure out about when Cass, she's like, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, what was that? What is this? <laughs> I'm sorry. If, that, if, if something like that ever comes at me, I'm out. I'm running. <laughs> I'm calling the authorities. I choose life. And if that's how we're getting the description of Cass and what he's into, what does this mean for what we're about? Like, I don't know. See, I can see Asriel's going one of two ways. I can see it just being like, so like, um, like chains and whips and all that, you know, like 50 shades of gray type stuff. And then, but I can also see him being like such a sweet and like into, I don't know, maybe this is, maybe I shouldn't talk about this out loud. Maybe this is just the me and my head thing. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like she can make Asriel do anything and I'd be like, exactly. Well, that reminds like, me yes, of Supernatural. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he really could be in, uh, there was a, he could be into anything and we'd be like, Okay, I guess we're not. I guess we're into that too now. Um, yeah, I guess that's my new thing. <laughs> it reminds me of. Have you have you watched Supernatural? No, I have not. I've only watched the first two episodes, but then my friend told me to stop watching it because it ended terribly. Oh, I don't know how it ended because I'm in denial oh, that the series ended. Forget that I said um, anything. But overall, there's this depiction of uh, Jensen Ackles is as Dean, he's like the harder brother. And then Sam is the more like a lady. Like he's just kind of flighty a, a lot sometimes. Um, but in regards to their sexual bedroom habits, um, it's 
Jensen Ackles Dean, who is like the soft one, which nobody expects. And it's mm-hmm. Sam, the soft one, who's like really into, you know, not Correct. so soft stuff. So, I mean, that makes sense in regards to Azrael. <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah. We don't know. I can see that. We don't know. We'll just have to leave it up to Sarah's mind. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, she gets distracted. I've seen a couple of her lives where she talks about as and she goes, like, she gets distracted because, you know, she's like, she's going down her own rabbit hole of Azrael. You know, and I and I I feel like Azrael was the one thing that linked me to Nesta, like the one singular moment I felt like I related to her is whenever Azrael was sweating and she was like. What's what's good, Asriel? And I was like, <laughs> A, back the fuck off. <laughs> and B, I get it. I would do the same thing if I was watching Cassian and Asriel spar. I would do the same thing. Yeah. I would just do it for longer. I would imagine for hours. Just sit there and stare. She probably would have thought about it longer if she wasn't interrupted. I'd be so annoyed. Sure. I'd be like, excuse you. I'm having yeah. a moment. What? It, what's the what's that TikTok sound where it's like, excuse me, I'm in my mind palace. Like that's, yes. that's that would have been, that would have been Nesta. She's like, I am in my mind palace right now. I think we were all like, I mean, but we were all says. there. We were, like, we were all there. We with were her. all there. And we were like, that's all we get. You had to cut that chapter. Oh, I'm annoyed. I need that. Oh, as I'm bonus. so glad they did because I would have. I would have never looked at that book the same way. It wouldn't have made any sense with any of their characters. It wouldn't have made sense. Well, from how I view the characters, which I guess is not completely accurate, but um, it wouldn't have made sense with Azrael. It definitely wouldn't have made sense with Nesta. And I don't think that it would make sense with Cassian because Cassian and Nesta are mates. And I feel like they kind of already know that, even though they're like rejecting it. So, and then like, imagine like what, you know, dinner parties are going to be like, they're all just going to be sitting there like, Oh, whoopsie. And then he's got what going to go have sex with Elaine afterwards. Like that would be messy and gross and weird. So. And fair, I don't know. And fair known to be territorial. So I, right. I just can't, you can't really imagine them being like, okay, but I'll share. No, right. No, don't share me. Yeah, They're very primal with their like love interests. So I'd see it like more like two rams like bucking each other, not being like, hey, like we can just take turns, I guess. I don't know. It would have been weird. So, but mm, mm. I love it. I love so it. So where, what, what are your thoughts on, I mean, it was only touched upon and mm-hmm. I, I think that it was only touched upon because that it's just setting it up for something else. Hi, King Reese. Yeah, I don't actually understand that at all. I, I feel like Aaron must know something that we don't know, which is, I thought it was hilarious um, that every time they heard about anything, these guys know nothing about the world they live in, which is hilarious to me already. But two, they'd be like, well, uh, we heard about that myth and legend. Maybe Amrin knows. And so she was always like the go-to. So I feel like maybe that happened a lot because Amrin does know something. But my beef with it is there was already a high king. It didn't work. <laughs> there was peace, and then it didn't work, so I'm not really sure why. And, and uh, from what I read, he was a good king, but um, I'm not really sure why they would want to... And I'm not, I'm not about that. I'm all about sovereignty. You know, let the courts remain the courts. Just, I don't know how I feel about 
one ring to rule them all. I don't know. I'm just, I think that Resan like j- needs not that much responsibility. I think that it's his time to just lay low with his family, take care of his court, hang out with his family, let the other courts vibe. <laughs> but I, what do y'all think? I'm interested. Uh, what do I think about High King Reese? I think High King Reese is a responsibility that he does not want. Uh, I agree with you. He just needs uh, to relax. He needs to just, uh, you know, turn in to the DILF that we want. Because there, there's there's no other reason for him to exist, I feel like. Just be the, yeah, be the DILF that we all need now. And you are needed in the night court and that's fine and whatever. Um, right. On the flip side of that, thinking of him as High King Reese is very sexy. And I like it. I like it. Yes. In that way, I like it too. I would I would want Nightmare Court Resand to be High King. Yeah. That would be very sexy to me. Yes. But- yes, I agree completely. Yes, Jess. No. I okay, so I agree with everybody. I cuz you know what? He he was with Amarantha for the last 49 years. So the two years that Nest has been spiraling, he's only been back in his court for the last two years. Um, wow. So, yeah, he needs to be with his people. That being said, if this continues to be a bigger discussion that they're having amongst all the courts, I think he's still the person for the job. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, Rusan doesn't deserve to rule a kingdom. You know what? He's the only, he is the only high lord that was able to bring everybody together in Akawar to make sure that they were going against the King of Highburn. He was the only person that has been, con- even when he was under the, um, under the mountain, allowed for some sort of unity to happen, even if it, if he had to be the one who was sacrificing himself. I think if there is going to be a high king of Prithian, he's, you know, like, he's the man for the job. Sure. And he's the most powerful. So if he wasn't, he could just overthrow the king and then that would be and more or kind less, of a moot point for there to be a king in the first place. Right. And more or less, like even in regards to putting people in different assignments and, you know, like in his inner circle, he has Asriel as the spy master because he knows Asriel's strengths. He has Cass as like the leader in general of all of the armies because he knows. I think he he would know who to put in the right positions. Right. Understanding like these are you. my these are my weaknesses, which are your fortes. And I think he's just logical in breaking that down. And I mean, Laura has a really good uh, just like his his mind set because you learn in the first six chapters and Laura you were the you were the person who pointed this out where his mind goes when he thinks okay we're not just a world like there has to be something beyond that it's not just about us Mm -hmm. yeah but then we have you know himbo Cassian just being like oh that's boring we don't want to think about that anymore Oh, and that's just got jokes. I feel like that was just kind of. <laughs> and then Asriel, uh, oh, God. Cassian being a tit man is so aligned with the let's get that party started song, like the drunk Cassian drunk karaoke song. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he is like, if he, you know, I think Laura, we, I mean, what are you, what's your thought on, okay, if is who, okay, in regards to the Bat Boys, Who's the ass guy? Who's the ba- the boob guy? And then who's like, I don't care. I'll just take, I'll, I'll just appreciate women. Um, I think, oh, shit. I think they're all of them. <laughs> I, something that really bothered me though, and, and I'll, I'll just uh, 
do a little preface with this um is that like Nesta was all like malnourished and skinny and Cassian was still admiring her ass which I wasn't sure how there was an ass there if she was like so sunken and so so I'm gonna just say Cassian was the ass guy um just because you gotta really be looking <laughs> you know if someone's like dying over there and you're like oh that ass though so and I feel like I feel like Rhysand could be a tits guy, mostly because, you know, Feyre's dresses are very revealing right here. So he's, you know, and he always does the little circle the nipple thing with his finger. That's like his move, which, whatever, the coloring book, I guess. Um, so I'm just going to, like, give him the the tit trophy. And I feel like Asriel is just like, give me all of it. Give me... Any of it. Give me anything, please. <laughs> so that's what I feel. <laughs> oh, fatty daddy, Azzy, we love you. Like, we collectively, do. if you're not, if, if, if he's not on your radar, then what are you reading? I agree. For real. I agree. Uh, speaking of reading, Kevin, are you reading anything in the future? Do you, what are your future, like, reading plans? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm tandem reading The Bridge Kingdom and Cruel Prince. I've never read Cruel Prince before, so I'm getting into that whole fandom. Um, and then I have my book club, The Sisterhood of Velvet Steel, and we are starting Crown of Midnight on Thursday. Excellent. Which we put we put we put Throne of Glass on hold because it's a, a long series to read A Court of Silver Flames, because we knew book talk was gonna be all about uh, silver flames and we didn't want to feel behind so and your uh book club which has the most fantastic name of course um yeah. do you want to share a little bit more about your book club like is it traditional what, what? <laughs> no we actually just started it it's um at bumble Beezus and at i am arcana and i don't know if you know them but at bumble Beezus is legitimately like one of the most beautiful humans to ever exist and everything she does is perfect. And then I Am Arcana is literally the most talented person. She sings and puts out music videos. And then I just drink and crack jokes. <laughs> um, we decided, I, I put on my book talk that I was starting, Throne of Glass in February. And then they reached out to me and said, hey, we should just read it together. And it's been really chaotic, but we're getting there. <laughs> So hopefully we can get more scheduled. We all have different schedules. We all live in different places. So timing can be kind of weird, but I love it. And they're hilarious. Are you all reading it for the first time or are you the first? Oh, none of us have read it before. So we play a drinking game while we read it and we have a good time. (laughs) We have a good time. That's excellent. Um, Kevin, I have one more question for you. My question for you is this. How do you feel about the Vampire Diaries? Oh, my God. I've probably watched it 10 times this, all the way through. This Obsessed. is excellent. This is, this is good Good to know. Yeah. So if you ever want to ramble for hours about that, I have the time. <laughs> we can do it any day. No, that's exciting. We're just, um, I started a re, both Laura and I had started our rewatch this week. And we're, it's definitely hitting differently. Um yeah, way different. Like, this is my <laughs> Yeah, we're, it's it's been believe me, I've been on Slack at work and I've been like, "Hey, if you, if you're looking for some entertainment, 
wa- mm-hmm. listen to Vampire Diaries while we're working and corresponding online because it is yes. making it is making the work day. Gosh, it's such a good show. And then you know Ian Summerholder. So there's that. Um, Which part? I just love it so much. I love it so much. But I will say this: they robbed us. Claroline for life. Hundred percent. Claroline for life. Yes. No other answer is acceptable. I'm so mad. I actually get very like viscerally angry when I think about how they gave us Klaus and Caroline and then went JK. Well, well, how about what was released in the last year where Julie Pleck openly said the reason she didn't uh, she didn't follow through with Claroline was because she knew it was going to be more epic than Delena and she didn't want to take away from Delena. No, that's exactly what you should have done. I, I don't know why. To me, it doesn't make sense as a creator to go, I could have done something so amazingly epic, so I decided not to. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I've never been good at math, but that really doesn't add up. I'm like, wouldn't you want to do the incredibly? What I heard her say was that she didn't want to rob from Steriline, like, because Caroline and Stefan got together, which was already a problem for me um, because it was just a little too rushed. And it was like, well, these two characters can go together. And I'm like, why? Uh, anyways, <laughs> she, she just robbed us. She robbed us blind. She pulled the, she just pulled the tablecloth from us and ran away with it. And I feel like Sarah J Moss could do that to me with Asriel and Gwen too. So I'm just holding on to the hope that that will not happen. Yes, these are all fantastic points. Um, I have I have made all of my points. Jess, do you have points to make? No, I think we've kind of covered a lot of the stuff that we wanted to cover. Um, I think, I mean, we haven't really talked on Eris. I don't know if anybody cares. I mean, that shows you the priority of where Eris and Moore and everybody are, where, where, where we are with them, but... I feel like Eris is a lot bigger of a deal to everyone else than he is to me. I'm just so completely indifferent. I picture him as Rumpelstiltskin. I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't really care. Um, And that's probably a me thing. I just, every time he was on page, I was like, I don't care. I don't care if you're good or bad. Like, I just don't care. (laughs) So I, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He's got a lot to offer. Um, just not really for me. I don't know. Hmm. And more thoughts on more. I mean, she's barely in the book. Well, yeah. What was that? I thought that there could have been such an interesting dynamic between Cassie and more and Nesta. And, um, you know, because like we talked about mates are very um, in like primitive stages when it comes to territorial and, and like all that kind of stuff. I felt like it could have been and, and more and Cassian are very territorial over each other too. Um, not because they've slept together, but because they've been besties forever. Um, so I think, and I think that more has the capacity to be a bitch that gives it back to you. Like her and Nesta could have gone tit for tat a lot. I just feel like it was kind of a pop out that she wasn't there. However, I do not believe that she was off signing some treaty. I it would not have taken more that long. I, I just don't. I, I mean, there's not really much to dive into with more, but to make right. it seem like it was 
this, she was going to have more of a prominent role because she, the way she was written in the first six chapters and she was just sunning mm-hmm. herself and her and Cass just had like a friend's lunch date and then just kind of, right. oh, she's off doing the treaty, which I, again, I think that she is doing the treaty. I think there's more work there. I think, well, they kind of, that's definitely like something that was just kind of crumbs to set up t- for future books. It just seemed like Probably, it was in, yeah. it, it was in, hmm, I, you didn't need to write it. That was just wasted space that could have been for something else. Correct. I felt like the whole book should have just been a novella, but that's, I don't feel like enough happened for it to be as long as it was. Sure. Sure. What, what, what's the plot? We still don't. Again, if someone would like to explain it to me, um, but I will say this about the Akatar series. I never really been 100% sure what was going on <laughs> ever. Um, I thought, I think that the villains are like cartoon villains. Um, they don't really do anything. Um, I thought that the sorcerer, I still stand by the fact that I think that Nesta, what's his name? Kors- Koshche? Koshche? Koshche. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to call him KJ for the sake of m- myself. Um, I still stand by him and Nesta should have been mates. And that would have ex- explained her garbage personality when the first book came out. And why death, uh, why she stole death, why it's always been attracted to her, why she's always haunted by it. Um, And then that Cassian and her were not mates. And at some point in the story, she should have been taken by KJ and kind of been uh, a little bit bewitched by him and a little bit like attracted to not maybe him, but to death itself. Um, And since Cassian has a problem with um, abandonment and feeling not good enough, her choosing Cassian over her mate would have not only full circled Nesta feeling like she doesn't have control or choice. It would have full circled Cassian feeling like he was good enough to be the choice. And I think that it would have been a cooler plot to like watch her and death, death and death, like almost take over the world, but then her get pulled back by those that she loves but whatever. Uh, so I thought he was cool. But other than that, I never know what the plot of the Akatar books are. You can make something up and I'd be like, oh, that's, yeah. And I've read them twice. <laughs> so, no. oh, good to know. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better because, uh, whoa. Yeah. Like, what was what was Cassian doing in the spring court? What were any of them? Do- like, someone needs to answer this. I've never, I don't know. Sneezing. Sneezing. Yes. That was it. <laughs> Wait, don't, don't you have and the... they left. Nothing happened. They just went there and then they left. I'm like... That was uh, their meeting and- grounds, I guess, because they didn't want to be found and Tamlin wasn't really... I don't know. I just know that you made a TikTok about Tamiflu. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the extent of the allergies. Yeah, that was it. It's just... Uh, you, you gotta... You, poor Cassian. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was a nice touch. I love Cassian. He became my number two this this time. I love Cassian too. I love I love everyone except for Garden Hose. I don't really like Nesta still, but whatever. <laughs> um, she's fine. She's there. Uh, and I don't like Eris, but I don't. I'm indifferent to Eris. He could have not been in the book, and I wouldn't have known. Sure. Who's Fair. your top or who are your top three characters? Oh, Asriel, Feyre, Resand. Always. Those are my top. Azzy will always be number one. 
Farah number two, because you know the whole re- keep reaching out your hand. Farah did that from page one of A Court of Thorns and Roses and did not stop the entire time. So has she annoyed me before? Have I been like, Farah, what are you doing? Um, of course. But I just think that that's the kind of stuff we should praise is like, look how, anyways, I'll not get into that. And then Resan, that's dad of the house. And no one's going to be face hand for me. They started this. That's a good point. I, li- I like that a lot. I like that I like a lot. It. And I, I like the point that you brought up of that she never, since the beginning, and I think we forget about it because we kind of like put on the blinders when we have to go through a reread in regards to Akatar mm-hmm. um, for the first book. Even on her deathbed, as she's giving her freaking breaking dawn birth of oh <laughs> of of uh, Nesta, like pleading with her sister, just like still just kind of survive through it. Like Favor's like, I forgive you. Like the whole time, she's like, it's okay, it's all good. We cool. I'm like, what is it like to have such an awesome, forgiving, loving sister? Uh. <laughs> honestly and everybody's like yeah Cassian kept holding out his hand I'm like put some respect on Miss Farah who's been putting out her hand she never retracted it it's always just been out um, I'm, I'm happy that Nesta found her sisters I'm a little bit sad because everybody's like see Nesta just did what Farah did and I don't agree I don't think that Farah had love from her family so she found one that loved her I think Nesta had all the working parts in her favor and it kind of felt weird that she found a family and was able to love them, but not the family that loved. I, I mean, whatever, to each their own, um, because I love Gwen Emery. I love the girl gang. But, um, yeah, I think that Farah's, you know, and then dad of the house, like I said. And I don't think that that order will ever change, but Gwen could, Gwen could start going up. We don't know. Yeah, we don't. We don't know. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, Jess. Do you have anything else? No, I'm I'm good. Do you want to? I mean, this is this is your platform, Caven. I want you to like let us know what do you want. What do you want people to know? Yeah, I do you want to decide from everything we've been discussing about? Yeah, yeah, totally. This is your platform. We're just kind of like we we kind oh, of we're kind of working with the technology barely. <laughs> no, I I don't I don't really have anything that I'm not um. Yeah, I don't really have anything that I want people to know. Just respect everyone's opinion. Um, discourse is fine. Discourse is fun. But, you know, keep it, just calm down. <laughs> just everybody take a breath before they get on book talk. And if you see something you don't like, just scroll away. That's all you got to do. And for people looking to find you on book talk, Kaven, what is your information? Um, so, uh, it's at Caven books, Caven underscore books. That's me. And if you see someone that looks like they've never brushed their hair a day in their life, you are at the right place. And obviously, like, if anybody wants to send you stuff, like, go to Lincoln Bio to, like, buy yeah, you go shit. Go to Lincoln Bio and send me stuff. Everyone. <laughs> because who doesn't love gifts? Right. If y'all want to send a check, with a thousand dollars, Lincoln bio. No, I love, I love, I love book talk. I love my followers. I love you guys. I really do. I feel like um, because I just started in December, so 
sometimes I feel like I've been on here for 80 years. And then I'm like, no, I like I legitimately started this like three and a half months ago. <laughs> um, and I feel like y'all were some of my first friends on there. So we're all... I have a little connection to y'all and I love you guys. We're all thank friends. I, I think we're, we can agree. We're all friends. Um, thank, thank you for coming on here and making this happen because this has been so fun <laughs> to have just like an actual. I know. I love it. I felt like we just had a hit session. It, well, exactly. We love it. We love it. It's just nice to be able and to have an open conversation like you could have different experiences reading this book but have similar ideas i think people right. don't realize you have to be team a or team b you're like how about we have a conversation we're not trying to change anybody's mind right. like to have some sort of right how about it doesn't really matter the book right that's how i feel i'm like who cares it's book characters like i am so is everyone okay <laughs> Go outside, breathe in fresh air. It's going to be all right. But, you know, it's a love-hate with it. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And make sure to tune in next week. And you can find both of us on social media. Yeah, we, we've given our socials. We're not going to drag Caven into all of our outros today. Absolutely um, not. <laughs> but thanks for joining us. We loved having you and um we'll go from here. I can this is definitely going to be something we'll have again in the future.